Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And, and you're, you're about, about to, to Get, get jumped. jumped. Welcome to episode 145 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, episodes 1 through 3, where Full Metal is not the one that's fully metal. The price of knowledge is an arm and a leg, and we are introduced to Jared Leto the Sun God. Oh yeah, you know, Jared Leto's new character that he's playing inside of everything, I guess, is just going to be a different version of the Joker doing other things. One of them is the Joker playing a guy who's introducing people to a fake religion. One of them is Jared Leto playing a Joker, which I'm assuming is going to be a figure skater in his next movie. It's going to be one of the new things. Is just going to be Jared Leto playing the Joker, playing as other characters. I'm just throwing that out there. That that, that seems to be the course of our, our, our history. Whatever. Let's jump in. It's uh, Jared Leto playing DC's The Joker, playing Marvel's Morbius. <laughs> oh... God, they've been there have been a couple of pictures on uh Reddit, uh on like the movie subreddit of new images of Jared Leto in the Snyder cut of Justice League. And I don't have time to go into it right now, but I think that the Snyder cut is overall a stupid idea. <laughs> and yeah. it is a thing that I will watch because I'm intrigued. Uh, I'm I'm fascinated in the way that different stories are interpreted by different people. And this is a sort of new version of two people doing the same story instead of interpreting, you know, a comic story as a movie, they're interpreting the same movie by two different people in two different ways under, under two different sets of circumstances. So that's fascinating. I don't think it's going to be demonstrably better than the justice league. We already have. I do think that there's a chance it could be actually worse, and uh, I don't know, people keep posting pictures from it. And I'm like, look, it's been literally years that this completely implausible thing has been coming. Like, I've never been hyped about it. I am not hyped about it. I'm really excited for the time period in which it has already happened. And nobody is posting shit about new images from this, you know, three-year-old movie anymore. <laughs> Well, um, so uh, a, a couple of quick housekeeping things. Um, first and foremost, um, we uh, are on a new show. Um, so remember that that is happening. Um, next, uh, we have a couple of things that we wanted to uh, uh, plug on the show, um, which is to let everybody know that uh, the Geekly Grind that we are a part of um, has a, a bunch of other podcasts that are going to be under its umbrella. We have two new podcasts that were added in to that umbrella so um get excited about those uh as well so if you're interested in uh taking a look at the the geekly grind podcast network it is now um ourselves uh also comic book keepers geek exploration the podcast the ink and paint club podcast and knights of the rolled tables so it's five of us we're we're growing. Um, it's pretty exciting. We're we're still really excited to be a part of this. Um, being able to do giveaways, being able to do um, uh, additional stuff as soon as we get back to actually having cons that can be open inside of the world. Um, but again, if you if you want to go read uh, some really great articles about geeky stuff, uh, interesting stuff. 
um, or you wanted to check out other uh, podcasts that are part of the network, you definitely should go to thegeeklygrind.com. Yeah, I think um, they, they our, do a catchphrase on comic book keepers every week. And it's something like, take a take a break from your weekly grind with the Geekly Grinds. Nice. Um, Got so, uh, <laughs> nailed it. Anyways, <laughs> uh, other, other two things that I wanted to throw out there. One is going to be our Patreon. If you want to become a Patreon... There's uh there's eight episodes out of uh of content that is relatively cheap to get if you wanted to support this show that you're listening to right now um and you would like to listen to our coverage of Bleach um and uh, to a uh, another minor extent uh coverage of uh of uh, zombie powder which has been happening sporadically throughout the episodes very slow um, coverage of zombie powder. <laughs> Yeah, I've been I've been slowly reading it and injecting it to the beginnings of it. So if you want coverage of that too, um, the zombie powder is the out. reason I listen every every month. <laughs> um, and then uh, the last thing I wanted to throw out there is that we are running a Discord. Um, we have a Discord for uh, for our show, and we are also part of the Discord for the Geekly Grind. They have one as well. So if you want to be a part of either one of those, you definitely should. Um, and with all that being said, um, we're about to jump into our previously on section, but since we haven't watched anything about this, um, if you haven't listened to this before, and a lot of people seem to be interested from the Full Metal Alchemist community of, yeah. of being a part and listening to the show, really excited. But if you're joining in for the first time, if you're somebody who hasn't listened to the show before, um, normally when we go into a new show, we explain like a little bit about this show and where it came from. Um yeah. So, so if you're if you're new here, previously on Blake and Spencer get jumped, we will cover this show once every four weeks, thereabouts. Every once in a while, it gets pushed back by special episodes, or um, you know, us having some some sort of life event getting in the way of our recording schedule. But more or less, once every four weeks, we will do an episode of Full Metal Alchemist. There are three other shows that also get their own weeks in that four week rotation. Uh, so, you know, those shows may interest you, but I know some people only listen to the show that they like. Uh, we got a big Naruto contingent who are probably not listening to this, but uh, if, <laughs> if you are a full metal alchemist person who is interested in that and has come to this episode to listen to our show about full metal alchemist and uh, has not listened to other things, you know, we've covered a couple of shows in their entirety. Uh, you can you can go listen to like all of Cowboy Bebop, all of Dimension W, all of a couple of cool shows, some of which are very well known and very popular, some of which are mm. less well known and should be more popular, and uh, some of which are very well known and should not be as popular as they are. Uh, yeah, the, we've got uh, a lot of shows that we've completed start to finish. We also have, uh, of course, ongoing shows. So, you know, check out our feed, check out what we've done, see if there's anything that interests you. And if there's not, then, you know, we're still happy to have you for for these episodes. We also do episodes on Mondays where we do first look uh, response and reviews of shows that and uh, manga series that we have not covered on our podcast yet. Um, I think we're going to be playing with the format of that probably starting next week. So um, there's, I think, 18 of those now, and uh, those are going to be coming out weekly. So even if you're not interested in us covering other shows, you might be interested in the shows and manga that we are reviewing some of which are current, some of which are uh, less current right now, just because we're kind of going into the backlog. 
And, uh, you know, we also do uh, crossover episodes with other podcasts. We did a crossover episode with a big anime YouTuber named Mother's Basement. We have done uh, interviews with big voice actors like Justin Brenner. Um, that was more of a convention thing. So that's sort of pending when we're going to do new stuff like that in the future. But there's all kinds of stuff here. So if, if you're coming here fresh faced and, and bushy tailed uh, for the Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, feel free to check around, see if there's something else you might like. We also, uh, at the end and or beginning of each year, we do a, a yearly wrap up. So there's three of those, which includes discussion of things that we've covered. So if you want a crash course in the year that was for our first three full years of podcasting, uh, that'll be showing up at the end of the calendar year or the beginning of the calendar year, depending on exactly when the release worked out for us. So all kinds mm-hmm. of ways for you to uh, dive into our show and see if there's more here that you will like. And even if there's not, we're excited to have you along for uh, for this journey. Yeah. Um, so uh, if you are really interested in watching along with us, which I've had a couple of people that I've I've spoken with about it and they were just like, what's what's like a selling point if you want to be a part of this? And I was like, well, what what's exciting is that if you want to, if you're rewatching it, it's a fun rewatch show for you. Um, you can uh, Blake is going to give you the episodes to watch along when we'll announce it at the end of each episode. Um, we usually cover about three or four, sometimes five episodes. Um, so if you wanted to watch watch along and then have like, uh, you know, us talk about it and kind of, uh, treat it like a water cooler. And the other thing that, uh, we're trying to get set up as well as part of a discord is letting there be like an additional conversation about these episodes afterwards. Um, so there's going to be a new discord section created for each one of the different shows. I'm building those out now, um, so that everybody can discuss and talk about the shows that are coming up and going through them there. Um, so if you want to be a part of that, with all that being said, Full Metal Alchemist. Where did it start? Uh, it started originally as a manga. Um, it's written by, uh, I'm going to pronounce this wrong if you're new to the show, um, Hiromu, uh, Hiromo, 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 H-I-R-O-M-U. Alchemist. I think it's Hiromu Arakawa. I think so. Yeah, uh, Hiromu. Yeah, Arakawa. Hiromu Ar- Arakawa. Hiromu. Yeah, Hiromu Arakawa. Anyways, um, if you're if you're new to this, I'm very bad at pronouncing Japanese names. I yeah, love ironically, Japanese this show culture. Will be an and easy run for you because it's yeah, it's all uh, <laughs> Western names. Yep. Um, the genre of this show is uh, a couple of different ones. The first one is going to be it is uh, a hard magic fantasy system um, set inside of a steampunk universe um, that is uh, seemingly running along the same sort of timetable as we are on now. Um, their technology seems to be um, relatively close to the 20th century. Um, um, but uh, as we'll see from uh, some of the full metal, uh, full metal alchemist adaptations um, that may or may not be happening concurrently with things that are actually happening. Um, so the original run of the manga was July twelfth, twenty twenty. Well, I guess it's two thousand and one, um, <laughs> and it ran until June June eleventh of twenty ten. Um, it was put out uh, uh, inside of uh, the monthly shonen. Uh, and it, uh, it was originally published by Viz Media, or sorry, Mad Men Entertainment was the English version of it. Um, Enix was the, uh, the creator of 
the publishing from 2001 to 2003, and then it turned over to Square Enix from 2003 to 2010. Um, so uh, the show that we are covering specifically, though, is going to be Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Um, it is the second uh, adaptation of uh, the original manga into an anime form. What? The original the second one... one? Are we skipping yeah. something? No. Um, so, Full Metal Alchemist, the original adaptation, was uh, started in 2003. Um, it uh, is, in, in a lot of people's opinion, a far inferior version of it, um, because it was running concurrently to the manga coming out, but it was releasing episodes ahead of the manga. And so, uh, a lot of the uh, conclusions of the way that characters uh, end up inside of the anime is different from the manga and a lot of people find that very frustrating especially yeah. because as we've covered in our show before um uh it, people in that are watching anime and reading manga a lot of times are wanting to have a direct one-for-one -one translation from the manga into the anime um and they have been sort of spoiled into that a lot of the times instead of having a adaptation of it where they take the rough idea of it and play around with it inside of western media instead inside of the uh anime medium um uh, most of the time you are taking a manga and you are doing almost shot for shot um a version that is live or moving pictures instead of a you know a comic book yeah, I would uh, I would say, first of all, if you if this is not your first episode, you've probably heard us say uh, several of these things a thousand times because we we have frequently talked about adaptation uh, and specifically we have discussed the uh, strange, uh, not unheard of, but definitely less less common adaptational life cycle of Full Metal Alchemist and Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. But, uh, you know, since this is the actual first episode of this series coverage and some of you might be new around here, we will touch on it again. So going a little deeper into that, uh, the the manga, when you're when you're adapting a an anime from a, a manga, it's not uncommon for the anime adaptation to begin while the manga is ongoing. And uh, unfortunately, because of the release schedule that most traditional anime have and most traditional manga have, it is very common for the anime to catch up to the manga right quick. This is because mm -hmm. the average anime episode will cover an average of two to three chapters worth of content. And each one is releasing one episode and one chapter a week. So, you know, the anime is moving at two to three times the plot speed of the manga. And even if you've got a few years head start, which, you know, this uh, this anime did, it was it had been running for a year and a half or more by the time the, the anime started showing, you're still going to catch up so fast. This usually results in some faffing about, which we call filler. Uh, this was infamous with uh, many people's gateway anime, Dragon Ball Z in the uh, form of the characters yelling and powering up and functionally amounting to full episodes of this, them just kind of standing and staring at each other and yelling. And uh, a lot of people made jokes about this, but what, uh, you know, people like us when we were younger and watching this didn't realize was that that's not really how the story goes. If you're reading along, the story does not have long power-up sequences. It just uh, cuts right to it. But they have long power-up sequences in the show because they needed to stretch the story 
and give the uh, manga time just to jump ahead. A yeah. new form of filler came about. Uh, I I know for me it was popularized with the uh, the production schedules of the big three, which are One Piece, Naruto, and Bleach. Which is that instead of dragging things out in the actual plot of the show, once they finish a uh, a plot arc, if there's not a full plot arc uh, ahead of that one in the manga, they'll just make up their own and do an entire plot arc that is unique to the anime. These are called filler arcs. Filler arcs are usually despised by the fans because, uh, one, the anime uh, fans are often, you know, jonesing for a one-to-one recreation. And also, two, because the filler arc is kind of hamstrung by the fact that it is intending to pick back up with the story where they left off. And so everything that happens in the filler arc, there can't really be any consequences there can't really be any character growth and there can't be really any uh, demonstrable changes with the characters of the world they inhabit because the filler arc is just there to fill time until they start from where they left off, you know, 52 episodes later with the actual story that they're continuing to to adapt. So yeah. Full Metal Alchemist so- took the very rare third path of branching into its own story and uh, yeah. as Spencer said, a lot of people don't like that. I think the original series has been getting a little bit more love as people have sort of revisited it low these many years later. Um, I personally have really fond memories of it, but haven't watched it since I was in high school, which was a long time ago. I do too. Uh, and I, one thing that I like about it is that it is its own story. So while the the first third or the first half of Full Metal Alchemist is going to more or less include a lot of the stuff you'll see in early brotherhood. Uh, You will then have a completely different story that will wrap up in a completely unique way because uh, they'll, they'll, they're just trying to do their own thing. They're not trying to, uh, you know, exactly follow what the manga creator is doing. They're making their own thing. And so you can actually watch both series and have two completely different, um, experiences that don't spoil each other and i like that yeah Uh, yeah and i'll get into some of the spoiling that i think happens to brotherhood here in a second actually yeah so um we are going to be covering full model alchemist brotherhood as we've said um the uh the it was written um it was sorry directors first so it was directed by uh yashihiro airi um it's written by uh hiroshi uh anogi or anoji um, the music by Akira Sinju, um, and the studio is Studio Bones. Um, That's if a good you've studio. never heard about Studio, if you've never heard about Studio Bones, they are great. Um, and uh, with all that being said, uh, let's go ahead and jump into the first episode of this. But before we can jump into the very first episode, we have to talk about the absolute banger that is the OVA. Oh, oh my god! My god! Um, I, I had watching- forgotten. Oh yeah, you you go first cuz I know I, that we both love this but I, you probably love it like ever so slightly more than I do. Oh my god. Okay, so the opening is fantastic. The ending is also fantastic, which yeah. doesn't always happen inside of anime. So the fir- the opening is called Again by Yui. Um I think it's Yui or it might be Yue. Um it's Y U I. Um so it, Yui. I, take it as you will. 
Um, and uh, it is an absolute fantastic uh, opening. Um, yeah, that song it, slaps. Uh, it also, it also is just so beautifully animated. Um, and it has the timing of the animation is just so good. Um, that it really stands alone uh, among a lot of different. OVAs like I like a lot of different OVAs that are opening not a lot of them are earworms that get stuck in my head for weeks and weeks and weeks this is one of those um it's definitely in that echelon of like a cowboy bebop opening or um a a opening like a like a fire force that I love 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 so much yeah um, lots of bleach or, ones uh, attack on titan yeah one the, punch man. the first bleach one attack on titan one punch man for sure um, and then the out, uh, the outro is going to be Uso and it's by Sid. Um, and that one is also fantastic and also has a really cool animation style. Yeah. Um, it is done with like almost a, um, a, uh, a, uh, a, a cartoon esque, uh, chalk painting art style um so that it shows a a different representation of what's happening inside of their world um and it is just it is just beautifully done on the beginning and the end which really starts to bookend how good every episode of full metal alchemist brotherhood is yeah, um we're gonna this show, this we've, show. <laughs> yeah we've talked about a lot on full metal uh, or we've talked a lot on our show about good animation quality Full Metal Alchemist, the original show, has good animation quality for when it was coming out. Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood has immaculate animation, and it has immaculate speed of storytelling. Um, so with that, we can go into episode one. Episode one is called Full Metal Alchemist. Um, and uh, you'll recognize uh, the somebody saying Full Metal Alchemist because you're going to hear it in between every single episode. Yeah, that fucking guy really is Full ready Metal to say Alchemist. that thing. In different ways, too. Like, they, they, they literally Full just Metal this guy come into the booth to say <laughs> Full Metal Alchemist with different intentions. Yeah, I think it's I think it's him saying it from like it's one of the voice actors from the original adaptation uh, inside of the American version of the original show of Photomodal Alchemist. So and I, I don't know who that voice is, but I feel like it's one of the people that we've interviewed before. Oh, um, we'll have to look it's that either and it's then... either somebody we've interviewed or it's me just getting confused because it's the voice of Spike Spiegel, um, which <laughs> I, we have not that. interviewed him. Oh my god, sure. if we could. If only uh, I will I will, you know, have the best time. Anyways. Yeah. Um so uh this also now that you point out the dub, the dub is good. Uh yes. Very I definitely good. Uh, I I don't want to talk shit about any voice actors because they're all doing good work here. I do have really fond memories of the original voice actor for uh Alphonse and that person has changed here, I believe. Uh, and it's being this person has a little bit higher of a register and is a little bit more recognizably actually an adult woman voicing this character. Uh, and I do miss the voice actor from the original Fumal Alchemist. Mm -hmm. uh, but the voice actor for Ed, the main character, is the same and is great. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we pick up inside of our show with a city that appears to be inside of a Western uh, civilization of some kind. Um, so the 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 civilization that they're going to be uh, in is basically a stand-in for the uh, continent of Europe, um, and uh, we are picking up with a uh, 
a character that we've never seen before doing something with a circle. His name is Isaac McDougal. Uh, McDougal. Um, he is a freezing alchemist, um, and he is uh, trying to start some shit. Um, he is in a, uh, a slap fight war with uh, Fuhrer King Bradley. Um, King Bradley is the leader of uh, the city that they are going to be in, uh, the, the, basically the kingdom of this country. Um, and he is not happy with what uh, the way that Bradley is running the country, specifically the wars that have been waged uh, for reasons that we will talk about way further down the line. Yeah. Um, but this it is, is... This is definitely something that took me a little bit of getting used to. Uh, when I first watched Full Metal Alchemist, and that still gives me like a vague amount of pause when I'm watching it these days, which is the fact that he is Fuhrer King Bradley. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we here in America, uh, where, you know, we very rarely learn about any history that doesn't directly involve us, uh, we pretty much only know the term Fuhrer in the context of World War II and Hitler. So it's always yeah. a little odd to hear that word. Um, and it, it definitely, <laughs> it definitely gives me like, are we the baddies kind of vibes sometimes where I'm like, I know the mm-hmm. word Fuhrer doesn't mean Hitler. It means like ruler or something like that. So it's not, you know, it's kind of a word that was in unfairly co-opted by a certain historical event, very similar to the swastika being co-opted from, you know, Eastern religions, um, and, you know, forever tainted, I don't think that word, uh, you know, it, I think it's just a, a German word, but it's being used here for this guy. And it's always a little strange. Uh, and, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, I think that unease that I feel also fits that character pretty well because he seems a little, he, I don't know, he makes me a little uneasy. Yeah. Um, so uh, we have found out a couple of things at the beginning of the show. One of them is that we have been thrust into a fantasy anime. And this makes me so excited because fantasy anime is not always done fantastic. But this is one of the exceptions. It is one of the anime, the fantasy anime that stands a, like atop all other fantasy anime, in my opinion. Um, it does a amazing magic system that is arguably not magic, but it's definitely a magic system. Um, so yeah. uh, it, it is, it is touted it, as it's a magic system. <laughs> it, yeah, it, they're touting it as science, but like that's hard quotes around science. Yeah, um, but you're, so. You're right that it's fantasy but some people are going to dispute that or feel like if you say like this is fantasy this is not a lot of people think when they hear fantasy they think like sword and sorcery dungeons and dragons lord of the rings that kind of thing and this is not that you said earlier you used the term steampunk and it is steampunk fantasy is what it is yeah this so it's a little more contemporary it's not it's not as high fantasy. I would say this is almost like an urban fantasy, but it's set in a historical time period. Yeah. Um, so uh, we are then introduced to our two main characters. One is named El- Ed, one is named Al, um, so, and those are short for Edward and Alphonse Elric. Um, they are two brothers uh, that are running around fighting crime. Um, it's just called Two Brothers. Um, anyways... <laughs> 
Uh, they they are running around. They are trying to catch Isaac McDougall. Um, he is uh, he is again called an alchemist. Something that we are going to find out that Ed and Al also are. Um, alchemists are uh, are people that are able to use an ability um, called alchemy in order to change one thing into another thing. Um, the rules of alchemy are this. There must be an equivalent exchange of things in order to create something else. So, let's say I have a gold bar. I can take that gold bar and turn that gold bar into a um, gold trident that is uh, uh, arguably the same amount of gold that was in the gold bar that was inside of it. So it can be hard in the center and it can be thin on the outside and it can be pulled out. Um, the easiest way to represent that is is something in a in a very basic form of um of it where it's just one single element um we are going to find out that people have the ability to uh change forms of things um with alchemy as well um the yeah. freezing alchemist it uses specifically water with his alchemist circle um to change the water from one form to another what he yeah. can do is he can use the circle to change it from a um, liquid state to a solid state or a solid state to a gas state. <laughs> and the re the way that he does this is either by superheating or super cooling it. Um, by, when rain and, and falls, so does it fall in a liquid, solid, or gaseous state? Great. <laughs> So it's the he, it's the circle of water. It's the circle of water. <laughs> you get one shrewd back. So uh, so alchemy, if you don't know, is actually a thing from our world. Kind of, it's a concept from our world. Uh, this was you know back in the day, uh, many moons ago. People thought that you could use alchemy to change. Uh, one substance to another substance and the the sort of traditional uh, trans transformation that people would cite is uh, transmuting lead into gold so you are mm -hmm. you're taking one thing and turning it into something else what this magic system is doing is animeifying that and mm -hmm. uh, and so you know what we'll see these characters doing some of them are able to change you know one thing to another in a la lead into gold but uh more more commonly we're gonna see people using it to um turn one substance into another shape of that substance so like one thing that edward does a lot is that he will um he will basically pull stone out of like the cobblestones around him into a stone spear and so you'll mm -hmm. see they do the animation here is great. It shows up early on in this first episode where he's he like is basically causing a spear to come up out of the stone, but you also see that like a divot is forming around where the spear is coming out because the stone is literally being taken away and remolded into this new shape. And in the same yeah. way, Isaac McDougal is doing that with water by, you know, transforming its uh its current form into ice or steam. And he's yeah. using what's called a transmutation circle. And generally speaking, yes. you're going to have to literally draw these circles. You'll also see other characters that have, you know, items that have the circles drawn on them. But you need to interact with one of these circles in order to perform alchemy. 
But weirdly, Ed doesn't seem to do that. He just claps his hands and it works. And that is strange. Yeah. Yeah, we will find out why in the second episode, exactly why he knows how to do this. Um, But uh, first and foremost, we got to finish this manhunt because McDougal is going to uh, be caught by Ed and Al. um, And... uh, uh, after he is get he is caught, um, he immediately escapes um, because it turns out that he was hiding another transmutation circle in his hand, um, and he uses this to fall down on the ground, create steam, and use that amount of time to escape and run off. Um, yeah, they really he did is not have go, him held very well, did they? I know they. It, he's uh, Edward is told immediately that he underestimated uh, uh, Isaac McDougall so much. Um, but yeah, I he's think just you like, actually underestimated the motherfuckers you brought in to carry him off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I said too. I was like, I was like, there's like six police officers around him, or <laughs> yeah. like soldiers. So I'm like, what were they doing? Why is it Ed's fault? Um, oh anyways. no, he tripped. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So then, um, while they're searching for him, he goes to find a man named Kimberly. Kimberly is a really interesting character that we're not going to get a lot of backstory on other than the fact that Kimberly um, uses an ability uh, that we are not uh, the explosion alchemist I think is what he's called I can't remember. Yeah, I don't um, remember exactly. But, um, it's something like that. Yeah, he I I, I Mr. will Bombs. get to more of him it's later. Mr. Bombs. Um, Right now, right now he is uh, trapped inside of a prison, um, and uh, he's gonna say that he's not gonna help McDougal. McDougal's like, fine. And as McDougal is leaving, he like pushes over a guy, and it shows that he froze the guy solid. So this conversation's um, pretty interesting, actually, because McDougal is trying to enact revenge against their their country's ruler for. I don't know, PTSD from war or war crimes that they were asked to commit, something along those lines. It's a little ambiguous. And he goes to Kimberly because Kimberly is a former soldier as well. They fought alongside each other. And he's like, hey, Kimberly, you know, you were asked to to kill a lot of people in the war. And I'm mad about that. And I assume you're mad about that, too. Would you like to team up with me and kill the Fuhrer for making us do that? And Kimberly's response is basically, I did not kill them because I was told to. I killed them because I was able to. And reveals himself to be a total sociopath. And McDougal's like, yeah. we do not feel the same about this. I will <laughs> bid you adieu. <laughs> um, uh, then we're also going to get our first taste of humor inside of the show. Um, one of the things that happens constantly to Ed is that Al is assumed to be the Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah. Ed is going to be a short guy, um, and don't call him short if you're living in this universe, or no. Ed, uh, or else Ed is going to lose his damn mind at you. Um and uh, Edward has two things that are metal about him. One is his arm, and one in his le- is his yeah. leg. Yeah, they are controlled by these things called yeah. The prosthetics that he is wearing are fully fully automated, and they're called auto mail. Um, and they are very powerful pieces of equipment that are attached to him. His they're, brother well, they're almost Alphonse, like adamantium in Wolverine skeleton. They're not quite that strong, but it kind of gives you that vibe. Well, they're steel. They're they're good steel is what yeah. they are. They're, they're um, high quality so, steel. So sometimes they overpower other steel, but they're not quite as indestructible as adamantium. Yeah. Um, then you also have Alphonse. Alphonse is a very large suit of armor. Um, we are going to find out very quickly that he is, um, he is going to be a soul that is bound 
to a suit of armor, and we'll find out why that happens in the next episode. But just suffice to say, he is a soul bound to a suit of armor, so he yeah. is not bound to things like sleep or um or eating or anything like that. He is not yeah. um he is not going to be falling to pain or anything like that or uh, run out of energy because he is just a soul in a husk of armor. Um, yeah, he. Everybody thinks he's a big boy in the armor, but he's actually a nothing in the armor. He's controlling it through yeah. magical soul connection means rather than through having his body inside of it. But because mm-hmm. he is covered head to toe in armor, everybody thinks full metal alchemist. This guy is fully metal. That's what they meant. <laughs> and that is not what they meant. <laughs> yeah. So um it it turns out that we are going to meet some other important characters. Um one of them is going to be um Mus- Colonel Mustang. Colonel Mustang is uh, the Flame Alchemist. Um he is uh awesome and we will have more interesting things to say about him shortly. Um there is also going to be another character that we're going to meet really quickly. Um and uh this man is if you plucked him out of the JoJo universe. <laughs> <laughs> No, no one would bat an eye. <laughs> that is so accurate. It's insane. Yeah, he is. Uh, so if you're new here, I don't often respond to a lot of these sort of like comedy that you find in a lot of shonen anime because I don't know, I'm not here for it to be funny. There are definite exceptions with like Soul Eater and One Punch Man. But a lot of the times I find that the, the humor is relatively predictable relatively similar to all the other humor and all the other shows and it's just not funny for me and this guy is hilarious all the time this is armstrong and he is just a lovable daddy who wants to take his shirt off (laughs) so that you can see all the hard work he's put into his body and then punch things into the form of his face the fact that he's like the fact that uh, a lot of the times will you see him too he's just like He's just like, oh, I see that you're hurting. Let me take off my shirt so you can gaze <laughs> upon my beauty. Yeah. Um, he is he is just a perfect character. Um, he is so beautifully done. Also, the fact that he comes from a long line of Armstrongs that are just the same as him. Yeah. Um, it just They're just fantastic. They're a yeah, whole family of ridiculous people. It um, astonishes me now that uh, now that I'm realizing it, that he is not like a known gay icon because it's all there, man. <laughs> it's all fucking yeah. there. I don't think he's yeah. actually gay, but like he has all the makings to be a gay icon. Yeah. Okay. So um, then we are going to find out that there is a plot that has been hatched by McDougal. Um, he is uh, going around town and he is activating all of these different uh, transmutation circles. And this causes the entire city to start to freeze over and turn into a gigantic ice circle that is going to start encroaching on the center of the city, um, which is the, the Capitol building. Um, in the middle of all of this, Alphonse and Ed are going to catch up with him again. Um, they are going to find out, number one, that he seems to be acting out of his depth. He's using uh, he's using transmutation that is way more powerful than he should be able to do. Um, he also is going to have that moment where he realizes that Ed and Al have used, um, uh, have used uh, the taboo of uh, alchemy, which is to transmute humans. 
Um, and if you transmute a human life or try to bring someone back from the dead, um, it can cause uh, you to lose something inside of equivalent exchange. But what we are not 100% sure of yet, um, but it's it seems to be that you're not you're not supposed to do it for some reason that is very important. Um, and the way that he found he finds this out is that he is going to connect with his transmutation circle on Ed on his arm and Alphonse on his body and try to ignite the steam or ignite the water inside of their blood in order to make them basically explode and die. Um, he does this on Ed's arm. And since Ed's arm is steel and solid steel, it does not have any water inside of it. So he has nothing to use. Um, and, um, one of the things that you have to do while you're doing your alchemy as well is that you need to completely understand how the uh, the alchemist process or the scientific process is going to happen in whatever you are touching. Um, so when Ed is using uh, pulling something out of the ground, he understands that there is a certain kind of mineral that he is going to be able to turn into the shape of a spear. When he uses uh, his transmutation circle or his his... He creates a circle with his body, basically, when he claps his hands together. Um, a lot of the times, he is going to use it to extend um, a blade out of his uh, his arm that is made of automail out of steel. So he is basically pulling um, steel out of one part of the automail arm and pulling it into a blade so he can use that to fight with. Um, and so... Uh, after that happens, the episode is going to wrap up relatively quickly. Um... McDougal is going to escape, but he's going to escape into a place where he runs into uh, Fuhrer Bradley. And we're going to have our first moment where we're just like, I don't know how I feel about this guy. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, this is, uh, I'm going to put a pin in this because I'm going to have a little side conversation about Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood versus Full Metal Alchemist 2003 in a minute. And this is one of the things. Fuhrer mm -hmm. Bradley is a scary badass and mm -hmm. he slashes this dude up so fast that you don't even see him do it. And yep. uh, th that's about all there is to it. There's also a little red gem that falls out in McDougal's blood and then just sort of dissolves. Weird. Yep. Maybe that'll yeah. come up later. Strange. <laughs> um, and that takes us really into episode two of Full Metal Alchemist. Um, this episode is called The First Day. Um, and Blake, can you take us through um, the the big things that you need to know with watching Full Metal Alchemist versus Brotherhood? Because this is when you're going to start seeing, you see the deviation beginning with, but this is when you really start to see the deviations. Yeah, it's going to come up in the third episode too. Uh, so first of all, what we're covering today is episodes one through three. If memory serves, the original anime series, episodes one and two, are equivalent to the story that's told in episode three of our coverage today. Uh, I believe the story that we're going to cover here is told in episode three or four. I can't remember. I don't have the, the list in front of me. But they, they do it in reverse order. Um, and so one of the differences... And one of the differences that I think is actually to the detriment of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is that they made this series with a full acknowledgement that the early parts of this series had already been animated. So even though this series is nominally a remake of the manga, a sort of shot for shot remake of the manga in the form that, you know, most anime based on manga take, this 
anime does things differently. It acknowledges the fact that there was an anime that already did that with the early part of the story. And so sometimes it speeds through things that are given a lot more time to breathe in the original anime, which is what I think happens with the story we'll cover in episode three today. Uh, And it actually leaves out my favorite part of that story, which is very frustrating. Uh, And then um, it does things like move, move certain plot points around So like the, you know, the story that we'll cover in episode three, that happens. That's the first couple of chapters of the manga as well. And all of that uh, gets kind of shifted around so that Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood has its own identity in the early episodes. In fact, Mm -hmm. none of the stuff in the first episode happens at all in the original anime. And I'm not sure that it happens in the manga. Uh, I haven't read a lot of the manga, so I can't say for sure. It might be it might literally be anime only which uh, by some definitions would be filler, but in this definition, I think it's just a way that they're they're sort of like smash cutting into the series. Um, so a lot of the differences come from those creative, creative decisions about how to present the story based on the fact that some of the story has already pr- been presented in a real, relatively matching form to what we're doing now in Brotherhood. Some mm-hmm. of it, however comes with new information. Uh, And so in this episode, what you get in the original Fullmetal Alchemist brother or in the original Fullmetal Alchemist anime is that a lot of, a lot of the same beats are there, but what you're going to see in this episode is some stuff that didn't show up in the original show. And I, I don't remember it from the manga, I think maybe they're taking information that happened later in the series and putting it here where it's relevant because we're going to watch the big bad thing, which if, unless you don't know full metal alchemist at all, the series, either version of the series uh, or the manga, you know what the big bad thing is that that we'll be going into here in a second. But uh, in, in the manga and in the, uh, in the original anime adaptation, the big bad thing that they do, which I guess I'll spoil it here so I don't have to say big bad thing a lot. They try to bring their mother back to life. She's going to die. They're going to try and bring her back to life. Um, so in the original show, they do that. It goes horribly. Um, and that sets them on their path. In Brotherhood, they do that. It goes horribly. And then there is a mysterious event that occurs to one of the characters that does not show up at all in the original series. I suspect it is flashed back to in a much later chapter of the manga, because this does not seem like it's being pulled out of nowhere, but it is not a part of the early chapters. It is not a part of the original series uh, anime. And this is one of the things that is both good and bad about Brotherhood. If you're new to Full Metal Alchemist, with the caveat that I haven't watched the original series in a while, I would almost encourage you to watch the first handful of episodes of that show before watching Brotherhood. Because Brotherhood alludes to things, and in the case of characters like maybe if you're a King Bradley, it gives things away much faster than the original series does. And I found the dread buildup and reveals to be a little more effective in the original series from the perspective of a mystery that is suddenly revealed to you. Uh, and I think with brotherhood, they know that, you know, the answers to these things. And so they don't hold them close to the chest in a way that I really enjoy. Um, I, I'm a little concerned that brotherhood maybe moves a little too fast in the early episodes and is skipping over things in a way that makes it feel like parts are missing. 
because uh, they kind of are. Uh, they already did this. And so they're going to give you that information much faster than they gave it to you the first time. And, f- you know, throw in some new stuff that you didn't see in the original series. Um, and that's really what we're going to get here in episode two. Uh, there's also yeah. some some fallout from the first episode in that. Uh, and now they're going to be going on a mission. And uh, Colonel Mustang, who we talked about very briefly, uh, hears about something that I don't think comes up at all in the original anime, but I, I believe is a pretty major part of the second half of this story, which is yeah. Sh- Shingi's Alkahestry. Uh, and uh, that's all we're going to say about it. It's going to become a, a thing that we'll learn about later, but we're not going to learn about it anymore in these episodes. Yeah. So uh, Ed and Al are going to be on a train um, and that's all that happens in this episode. So let's go to episode three. No. <laughs> Anyways, um, uh, there really it's all that actually happens to them inside of this episode um, other than things that are in flashback. Um, yeah. They are riding along on a train going to Lior. Um, and uh, it, while they are riding along, they flashback to what happened when they were kids. So. Uh, Ed and Al, um, they were training to become alchemists, um, and they um, they had a trainer. They were getting pretty good at alchemy, um, and then uh, their mother got sick and died during an epidemic. Um, they were completely distraught and broken by this. Uh, also, their father was not around. Um, yeah, and he's, so he's an alchemist. Also, we know that he's an alchemist. We know that he's not there. We know that Ed resents him for not being there. Hmm. So um, they break this taboo uh, that they already know about to try to bring their mother back to life because they think it's important to do so. Um, So um, they, uh, first and foremost, they find out that when you try to bring someone back to life, uh, there is going to be a gate that appears in front of you. When this gate appears in front of you, it is going to pull in um, one of two things. Um, if there are multiple people present, it is going to take an entire life and soul of one of those people, and then it is going to take the flesh of another in order to uh, complete the equivalent exchange to put something back into somebody. Um, and so um, uh, Alphonse disappears. Edward has his leg ripped off. And uh, he appears in front of this uh, this gigantic door and this little person that is almost a like a white silhouette of a person that is speaking to him that basically is asking, does he has he appeared to gain knowledge? And if he would like to gain knowledge, he can be given knowledge and you can be given knowledge because of this door, which is sometimes referred to life which is sometimes referred to the world, which is sometimes referred to knowledge, which is sometimes referred to as God. It is a very ominous thing that happens. It appears to happen inside of Alphonse's, um, or sorry, Edward's soul, his uh, view of his soul where he is seeing it. Um, He is then going to be given a massive amount of knowledge um, and it rips him back into the world where he is missing a leg. It is pouring blood from his body. He suddenly has a lot of knowledge inside of his head that he no he didn't have beforehand. And uh, Alphonse is gone. In order to save Alphonse, he uses alchemy that he did not know about before in order to see to pull his soul back from the brink of uh, being taken away into seemingly the afterlife. Um, and attach it to this um, this suit of armor. 
we're going to find out that it is more complex than that a little bit later on. Um, But this is much uh, more complex than the original series. We did not have any of the visitation to the door. We did not have any of that conversation. It was just they tried to do the transmutation thing. Al disappeared. Ed lost his his leg. He spends an arm getting Al back. And mm -hmm. then that was it. We didn't have any of that stuff. So that's a huge addition to yeah. the series. And I would say, uh, like, I, like I alluded to earlier, I do think that sometimes the pacing in these early episodes is a little fast. It doesn't quite let the stories breathe as much as I think the stories are able. Like, they don't. This, these are really good stories and they, they're they able yeah. to fill more space than Brotherhood sometimes gives them time for. And that's just because the original series from 2003 already gave them time. Like yeah. the Lior story we're going to get to in a second is better in the original series, if you ask me. Um, yeah. But uh, this is new information. And again, I think it's new information from later on in the series. I believe it's a flashback that recontextualizes this experience and they put it in here. And this is one of the things that I think is very smart, which is that they they're adding information to give people who have seen this already a, uh, a carrot to, to pull them further into the series and be like, Oh, something's new. I'm going to find out new stuff that didn't happen the original time around. Mm -hmm. um, and I really like that. It's a, it's cool. It's also, I think this sequence is scarier than in the original. one. Oh yeah. It the is. Original freaky. one has, uh, yeah, this the original is there's plenty of horror in both of them. What happens is horrible and it causes horror. But in this, there is much more of a sense of a well, you know, if you'll excuse the pun, a door having been opened that shouldn't have been. Yeah. Um, and man, oh, man, the thing that they bring back is uh, it could not be said to probably be their mother. Instead, yeah, nightmare it is fuel a for sure. Yeah, it is a horrible husk of a what used to be human, um, uh, barely able to breathe and move. If it was saying something, it would be saying, kill me. Um, and uh, they promptly do so. Um, and uh, it turns out that if you try to bring someone back from the dead, that's what's that's probably what you're going to come up with. Um, unless you have some other way to maybe do it, you'll find out. Um, anyways... <laughs> Uh, this, the next thing that is going to happen is we find out that Ed and Al, um, shore up on the doorstep of their childhood friend, Winry. Um, Winry, um, is, uh, a neighbor of theirs that they are friends with. Um, and the, her grandmother, who is, uh, it, who takes care of Winry, um, is a very renowned, um, creator of Automail, as well as a, uh, a, as well as somebody who is teaching Winry to, uh, pick up from where she is leaving off. Um, they are going to be completely broken. Um, but um, in the meantime, uh, Colonel Mustang was told that a really uh, a really gifted group of alchemists, uh, two boys, uh, has been found. So he is just none the wiser coming to find out. He's like, hey, guys, are you in this barn? And when he opens the <laughs> barn, he's just like, oh, God, something happened here. Um, yeah. and so he, he, he can tell find what happened, too. He knows what they did. Like, yes, he can tell from the circle. He can see from the blood splatters that it did not go well, like. It's obvious to him that he he's like, one, the rumors must be true for them to even attempt to do this. They would have to be pretty advanced. And two, this is a taboo for a reason. This is the fucking reason. I can't believe they tried to do this. Yeah. 
Um, and so we take a we take a look at um, at Ed and Al. Al is in the suit of armor. Ed is in a wheelchair, um, missing an arm and a leg. Um, Ed looks compete completely broken to a lot of people. Um, but Colonel Mustang is going to offer him the ability to become an alchemist. Um, he tells him, "You you can become an alchemist, and you can be a part of this. Be aware that it is a soldier's life." It is hard. Um, you are going to may have to make sacrifices, and you are not forced to do this. If you do not want to do this, you don't have to. But if you do, you will be awarded different things that you wouldn't be able to do in your normal life. So if that's something that you want to be a part of, we will give you the opportunity to do that. Yeah, um, and what's called specifically a state alchemist. So you don't have to be a... Uh basically a member of it, the the alchemist branch of the military in order to do alchemy it's not like it's outlawed for you but if you are a state alchemist you have clout you have money you have a pass to um you know resources and research materials it opens a lot of doors of things that the state controls that you would not have access to otherwise and uh, what I believe the characters will have already stated at this point is that they want to reverse the damage they did. They're giving up on the idea of bringing their mom back to life, but they are not giving up on the idea of getting Al his body back and getting Ed his arm and leg back. And the doors that could be opened by becoming, you know, members of the state military might be worth it to them in uh, furthering those goals. Yeah. Okay, so uh, then um, we find out that, uh, no, Ed is completely uh, willing to do this. Um, he uh, he sees a fire in his eyes, and Ed is just like, I need auto mail. Put auto mail on me. And they were like, well, you're going to need four years to recover. And he's just like, I d that's not acceptable. I'm going to do it in one. And they're like, you're going to be coughing blood um, while you're doing this. And he's like, I don't care. I'm going to make it all the way through this as soon as possible. Stop because telling me I have, be. Yeah, I have promised my brother that I'm going to get his body back to him. Um, and so uh, he ends up doing that. He gets pulled into the alchemist exam in front of Fuhrer Bradley. Um, and he ends up uh, showing, number one, that he is a very accomplished alchemist. Number two, he is going to show off that maybe they shouldn't be doing this with Bradley just uh, standing in front of them and maybe possibly could get killed. But it's also going to show off that Bradley is so fast that he can cut his sword, uh, cut the spear that he pulled out on him. And uh, he... He doesn't even look like he moved. Uh, literally afterwards, Ed's just like, I didn't even see him pull his sword. Um, yeah. And then that takes us back to um, the the where we are now, um, which is Ed and Al going to investigate something that's happened in Lior. And that takes us into episode three, City of Heresy. Yeah, um, that, before we move completely off Bradley, I will say that's one thing that I personally like more about the original series, but that I think is totally fine here, which is that something seems off about Bradley. He seems a little too adept with the sword. And in the original anime, you get the sense that something is off, that there is something to be learned about him. Uh, but you don't see him actually wielding the sword for a while. Uh, mm -hmm. And in this, they show you right off the bat that like this guy fucks. And mm -hmm. uh, you this know, guy, it's a, <laughs> it's a different type of dread because here you're like, how is he this strong? 
why is he this strong? Uh, you know, like, was he a soldier in the past? Is he an alchemist too? Like, what's going on? And why does it seem to be kind of a secret? Whereas in the mm-hmm. first one, you just don't know the secret for a while. And I, I usually like a a reveal after a long time of wondering more. I mean, Lost is my favorite show. That'll tell you everything you need to know about that. But, uh, you know, it's still pretty good here. Anyway, yeah, episode three. Uh, this yeah. is the Lior story, which I, again, also think is better in the original series because more of some of the stuff they skip over, particularly the, the, the thing with the parrot is uh, it's a bummer that it's not in here. Yeah. But anyways, so uh, Lior is being run by a man named Father Cornello, um, and he is going to be uh, practicing a religion called Leto um, or Leto or uh, whatever you want it to be. Um, Leto is what he says to be the sun god, um, and what he is doing is basically performing miracles, um, and people know what alchemy is, but he seems to be creating something from nothing, and, uh, Ed and Al are just like, oh, that means he has a philosopher's stone because he's doing alchemy, and so he must have a philosopher's stone, so we need to get that philosopher's stone from him. This is Edward Elric and the philosopher's stone. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, they also meet a woman named Rose, um, who is a very, very, very staunch believer in this religion. Um, the reason why is because she has been promised that if she believes hard enough, uh, uh, he is going to be able to perform the miracle of bringing back her dead someone to life. Um, and so, uh, she believes for that reason. Um, Cornello is taking really, really big leaps here in convincing people that he is a prophet of a god that doesn't exist there are really big things that are said about religion inside of these moments um especially where um where people can be completely fooled by a snake oil salesman um who is able to show them that something that is a in this world considered to be a science but touting it as a miracle of god um, and because of that, he is a messed up character. Um, and yeah, uh, Ed- there's a really interesting discussion of religion too that comes up both in this and the original Full Metal Alchemist between uh, Edward and Rose. Rose again, a staunch believer, um, largely because uh, she believes that this man has been doing miracles, and he has promised her a miracle, and she desperately wants it. Whereas yes. Ed believes, number one, he has all, he's grown up doing this world's version of science. So he he can see the amazing things that have been done with alchemy, which is science in this world. And so he is not convinced that anything amazing could be, a you know, he, he, his argument is basically like we can use science to do all this amazing shit. Like, I don't think you can show me something that our science couldn't accomplish. And so mm-hmm. he he basically makes a case for atheism, she makes a case for faith. I do I definitely think this story is pretty or this this particular plot point is relatively critical to, of the idea of religion like the the religious characters are shown to be incorrect here. But I don't know that that's true of the story because it's absolutely not part of the story. I, yeah, I think uh, you'll see it in episode 2, they try to bring the human back. And one thing that Edward says is that like, 
he lists off a a list a set a set of chemicals that make up a hu- the average adult human body and talks about like they're not that they're not rare chemicals they're not hard to find they're even cheap to buy if you wanted to buy these chemicals in this you know these quantities that would amount to a human being but as as he knows and as we more or less saw in episode 2 you can make a human body but you can't make a human being and that seems i think to be at the core of what this show overall is going to be investigating so i, I don't know i like I like how it approaches this here because it is critical of religion in ways that are really appropriate and really, really match with a lot of things you see people using religion to do that are really shitty in our real world. And it it unflinchingly calls them on that while Mm -hmm. also leaving open the door to spirituality. Yeah. Okay. So, um, then uh, Ed and Al are going to be taken to Cornello. Um, Ed is going to confront Cornello and be like, you're doing alchemy. And he's like, I'm not doing alchemy. And he's like, you're doing alchemy. And then they get into an argument, which leads into a fight. Um, and they're going to try to assassinate uh, Ed and Al. It's not going to work. Um, and the next thing that is hap- it happens in the show is we are going to be introduced to a new thing that you can do with alchemy, which is when you take one living being and you combine it with another living being, you can create a chimera. Um, a chimera is a gigantic monster thing that is created from multiple beings being con- uh combined together inside of the same body yeah, usually this looks like become... an alligator lion yeah and uh and uh uh not only is ed going to be shown to be very adept and able to fight and uh defeat this chimera he is also going to show off to cornello that he is committed the taboo and attached a soul to a body um, Cornello knows about this, so he also reveals that he is also an alchemist of some kind. Um, and Cornello is then going to change his staff into a machine gun and try to shoot them down. Um, and they they run off and uh, escape. Um, yeah, this but is not- also this is after he gets Rose to shoot them. Like, oh yeah, I forgot about this that. Is they part of the that's messed up. Yeah, it's part of the I think implicit critique of religion, which is that Rose is a, is a good person who is hurt and is trying to make a good thing happen by being a good person. And then her religious leader, who is a charlatan asks her to do something that would be morally compromising. And she does it because she can't give up on the idea that she will get what she wants from this religion. And it's just kind of showing the way that she is twisted by this a little bit. um, While still, I think successfully laying the blame at Cornello's feet for being a, a manipulative asshole. So yeah, he is definitely that. Yeah, they flee. Alphonse is going to take Rose off somewhere. And while he's working on something that we'll see here in a second, he's going to off screen explain to her what happened to them and why why they are the way they are. And also, I think he's kind of placating her. He under he's he is much less bullheaded than his brother, Ed, and he is much more he leads much more with his heart than his head. And Al understands that Rose was really hurt by Edward's um, rejection of the idea of a God that could, you know, do something good for her. And so he's going to kind of take, take her hand figuratively speaking here and be like, look, I don't think that he meant to say all that. And I don't think that he's quite right in that there is no reason to hope, but this is where we're coming from. This is what we've been through. And so if you understand like who we are and why we have, 
the experiences and the beliefs that born from those experiences that we have that can contextualize the conversation that you had earlier and allow you to, you know, process it in a, a gentler and more fair way, I think. And I really yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, okay. And then uh, we're going to wrap up this episode uh, with Cornello, um, completely um, vil- megalomaniacal villaining. Um, he explains his entire thing, and it turns out that Ed had transmuted a microphone underneath him, um, and they had trans they had uh, also transmuted a giant bullhorn and also a radio television or sorry yeah. a radio transceiver uh, to broadcast this to all the people of Lior. Yeah. Um, oh shit! And- there were tapes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so uh, Cornello tries to get into a final fight with Ed. Um, he uses his um, he he uses his philosopher's stone too much. It causes a ricochet and rebound, um, which causes his arm to become fused with the metal gun that he was trying to create. Um, and then he tries to bulk up his body by using his uh, philosopher's stone. Um, Ed is able to take him down with a gigantic fist that he creates out of the wall. And then um, he is going to reveal that the stone falls off and breaks into nothing. And then Ed is just like, oh, it must have been something else. That wasn't a real philosopher or stone. Yeah, they, they don't say it outright. This, we're going to leave the town. Yeah, they don't, they don't say it outright, but it's pretty obvious that the real philosopher's stone is a thing of extreme power and resilience. And just using it a lot would not be enough to break it. Like it, it's basically a, a a never-ending power source is the impression that I get. And so the fact that this stone rebounded on him is unlikely based on what we know of the Philosopher's Stones or what we can infer that Ed knows of the Philosopher's Stones. The fact that the stone then shattered is is proof that this is not the real deal. Yeah. Okay, so uh, the last thing that is going to happen inside of this episode um, is going to be we we're going to be um, after Rose uh, gets basically told that um, you know you need to come to terms with this. Yeah, um, she, we see Cornello. She threatens the the brothers. Uh, I think with a gun to give her the stone. Mm-hmm. She thinks that they got the stone from Cornello, and she she's basically like, okay, if this isn't religion and it's the stone, you have the stone. Give it to me. So I can resurrect the person that I love. And they're like, look, we told you our story. It doesn't work like that. Also, the stone was fake. And the whole deal is that like life sucks, but you have to move forward with your own strength and you need to find that right now. And then they like leave her and it's it's rough, but it's a a real it's some real shit. (laughs) Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, so the last thing that is going to happen inside of this episode is we're going to be revealed to have a couple of another a couple of other characters that are very important. Um, they are, um, uh, a man and a woman. The man is a big fat guy that is also looks to be super strong. The other one is going to be a woman that has very long pointy fingers. They are dressed in black. Um, they both have a symbol on them that appears to be some sort of alchemist circle, except for it's a dragon that seems to be eating its own tail or a snake eating its own tail. Um, you're not a hundred percent sure of it yet. Yes. Um, Cornello is going to be, um, Cornello is going to be killed by one of these characters, specifically the woman. She extends one of her fingers and it stabs through his forehead and kills him. Um, and uh, they reveal that uh, that they need to continue to do research 
and continue to look into this full metal alchemist. Um, and yeah. they are very ominous um, I think and also, great characters. Yeah, they're awesome. It's also, this is a good foreboding thing. I think it also confirms that Cornello got the fake stone from them. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it it so, reveals it not in not totality right then, but like it reveals it pretty soon after that. Okay. Um, but and, yeah, so more to come on that. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, this has been uh, the first three episodes of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Um, stick with us after these credits and we'll talk about what's coming up next week. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions and presented as part of the Geekly Grind Podcast Network. Sound editing is done by Rashad English. He's our level 13 sound wizard. 13? Did he jump even more levels? He gained a lot of experience by defeating the Dark Lord of Smooth Jazz. Do you mean Chuck Mangione from King of the Hill? Rashad is the King of the Hill now. Damn it, Bobby. Anyway, our podcast is ad-free, and if you want to keep it that way, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at Reddit.com slash R slash Get Jumped. Also, we have a Discord server. You can find the links to that on all of our social media platforms. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New review episodes come out every Monday, and new rewatch episodes appear every Friday. And hey, thanks for listening. Hello, anime fans. My name is Jeremy, and I'm the founder and editor-in-chief of The Geekly Grind, a site dedicated to all things geeky. From video games to anime, D&D, board games, comics, and more, since 2015, we've worked to provide fresh geek content and reviews every week. A big part of our content expansion has been the creation of our very own podcast network, of which this very show is a part of. And if you're listening to this, chances are you need no introduction to Blake and Spencer, who offer two shows every week covering anime and manga series, both new and old. However, if you're looking for more podcasts to fill your commute, or maybe your new working from home arrangement, we've got a few other shows to spotlight that would be a great addition to any Geeks Media menu. First, there's Comic Book Keepers, where you can join Lance and Chris as they discuss comic books, heroes, and their impact on our lives. If comics aren't really your thing, maybe you're looking to find something exciting out in the geekosphere, do a little exploring, maybe, you can check out John and Ben's Geek Exploration podcast. They cover a variety of topics from video games to the latest Disney announcements, game shows, and more. A real grab bag of geekdom and a fantastic addition to your weekly listening. Maybe you're a Dungeons and Dragons fan. Well, I would invite you to join the Knights of the Roll Table, a comedic and family-friendly audio drama featuring a cast of improv actors bringing their unique flair to D&D. Whatever your geeky interests, chances are we've got a podcast for you, and we're excited to offer convention access, giveaway content, and more as part of our continued partnership with Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. See you next time. Next week on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, we're watching Kill La Kill, episodes 11 through 12. Where someone's gonna fight with music. Fight with music. Fight with music. Fight with music. Nailed it.